Um, you're getting your second to last handout, and this is, uh, um, this is the fruit we're going to get to today. So if we're, if we're kind of um, reviewing a little bit, you should have gotten one that obviously talked about the roots, and, and what are the roots, what do they symbolize? They are the what of ministry, the presuppositions of ministry, the things that are unseen. And then um, last week we talked about <clears throat> the trunk, which is the what of ministry. This is why we're going to review it this morning. <laughs> the principles. We've got to teach something, right? We've got to talk about something. If we talk about everything, we talk about nothing. So that's that. And then what we begin to see, what our goal is, which is what we'll end with this morning, uh, what we want to see happen in our people. Remember, we started this whole class saying, like, what do you want to see happen in your life, in the lives of your children, in the lives of your friends? Um, you know, so we're, we're teaching this stuff. What's the expectation? And that's what we call fruit, or what the Bible calls fruit. Um, and and what, we'll, what we'll see about that is that f- fruit, uh, I would say, a healthy ministry that looks for... <clears throat> Change in people is not a technique. Fruit is not a technique. Fruit is something um, that is change in your life brought on by the Holy Spirit. It's not you learning how to do something. It's not you learning how to do ministry better. It's not you learning how to be, you know, share the gospel, for example, let's talk about evangelism, as a technique, although evangelism is a fruit. Um, it is your heart changing, changing to begin to care about evangelism is what fruit is. Okay, so we'll talk about that uh, this morning as well. So uh, let me pray for us and we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning and we thank you for uh, a chance to be together and to talk about um, ministry in your church. And so to that end, we pray that you would be with us, that you would give us your spirit uh, that you would create good conversation and question. Um, we pray, Lord, that the words out of my mouth would be clear. We ask this all in your Son's name. Amen. Also, by way of um, where we're going, um, this is the second to last meet, or Sunday school class. So next week, please be here for next week for the last and the best handout. This is the summary of everything. Um, and, uh, and then we will, we will be done with this for a while. Well, not, no, well, we're never really done with this. We're just getting started, right? Uh, but we will be done with the class, okay? Um, okay. So let's do a little review. Let's talk about um, the, where we ended last week. Let's talk about the principles really quickly. And um, there's a couple of things that we didn't, didn't talk about, which are where we teach these things, okay? Uh, so as I am... Erasing the board here. What um, principles are truths that God wants to teach us? And we, we kind of gave you four of these. And who remembers why we gave you these four? Not everybody at once. These are the questions that people are asking, the universal questions, all right? Um, not in Christian form, right? But we'll kind of talk about that. What, what is justification? What's, that, what's the question? 
What's the universal question that justification is, is asking? Say it again. That's the Christian question. Who am I? And what I want to do this morning is get to the Christian question. So this is asking that question, who am I, which is a question, you, we, which, well, we, we sort of all agreed. I told you that's what the universal question was last week, right? Uh, but I think we all agree that's a universal question. Uh, but for the Christian, as we contemplate God and as we think about Him and as we learn about Him from Scripture, justification asks, asks and answers the question of how am I, how am I right with God? Um, and I think for those of you who've been Christian for any length of time would know that you really never stop asking that question in one sense. Um, like we, we can talk about it and give you the doctrine of justification. We, we did a, a sola, five sola Sunday school class on this. Um, and we can get that knowledge, but how we live our lives on a day-to-day basis is constantly bumping up against this question. And it's, we're constantly coming back to it. How am I made right with God? And the answer to that is, of course, Jesus. Right? Um, you're going to see a theme here. Okay. Uh, sanctification. What question is that asking? The, the universal question. What should I do? What's my purpose? And I would also add to the justification is huge identity. Um, see, the, the reason that this is so helpful is if we just stay in our Christian language of how I made right with God... We're missing a huge opportunity to talk about a question that everyone's talking about, but not everybody's listening to it in this way. Does that make sense? Um, but this is enormous today. It's enormous every day, every century. <laughs> but it's just, it just seems like it's just even more so. Um, who am I? Okay, sorry. Go back to sanctification. What should I do? This is purpose. And what the Christian question for that is, is how do I change? And what you notice here is the difference between this and this is you've, you've, you have made a faith claim. So the difference between this and this is I believe in God. I believe that there is a God. I believe that He, is, um, he has come into my life. Uh, and I believe that that means that I should start changing or start you know, seeing some type of change in my life. At least Scripture talks about that. And sanctification is, is how we categorize that, that question. How do I change? And how do I change? Jesus. You know, it's, it's going to be pretty, it's going to be the same. There's a few other things in there as well, but that, I mean, that's it. That's it. And, and what we're beginning to do here with our principles is what? As you start to see, we're not talking about Ryan. We're not talking about Darwin. We're not talking about Philip. We're what? We're talking about Jesus. Okay. And I, I would hope that we are a church that never gets tired of doing that. All right. Glorification. The forgotten ification. 
Um, where are we going? What is, what is this all about? What is life about? And I think I, I think I mentioned um, that, that this is this question. I think today kind of is is more intriguing than the others as far as the the non Christian ear. Um, right now, we are a culture of what moments, experiences, and so life is. It's about the stops along the way. It's not about the destination. Well. That breeds despair. It breeds depression, anxiety. Because even though those stops, like life can't just be about stops. Like we can kind of deal with that for a while and it's fun. But when you start adding years to your life and you start thinking about, you know, this is sort of the epiphany of why well, I just can't do this forever. You know, I've got to grow up sometime or whatever we kind of language we put on it. There has to be some type of end here that we're pursuing um, or we're just, we're just going to go crazy. Um, yes. So how would, how would most non-Christians answer that first question? You say that's the question they ask from their perspective. Here? The first one, who am I? Oh, oh, you want to go back? Yeah. Okay. That kind of leads to the others. How would they? Yeah, well, um, well I think that's, that, this is why we're doing this class, Chris, and I think this is a good, we can talk about that here, but I need y'all talking about that and thinking about that question as you're driving to work, as you're engaging your you know, roommate or coworker. But just for a second, let's stop here for a second. How, how, how do people answer that question? Job. Yeah, okay. Job, what I do, is, is completely connected with who I am. Um, where they live, where they're from. Okay, so... All the, all the tribal stuff that people break themselves down into. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just put tribal. Stickers on their car. Yes, mom, are you a, I mean, people just advertise who they think they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, good. I think a lot of people don't have an answer. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that, too. I think if you had to kind of gauge, um, you know, when you kind of pull back a little bit, and this, is, this gets into journalizations, I know, but, you know, are we heavy-footed on knowing who we are, or are we heavy-footed on not knowing who we are? Um, I think we're heavy-footed on not knowing who we are. Um, and, you know, it just kind of leads into this pluralism. It leads into this, um, you know, relativistic uh, despair. So, but, you know, keep, keep turning that, that question around. Um, I, think, I think we are people also who are more set on defining who we are by who we're not. It tends to be, you know, I'm not... I'm not Republican, you know. I'm not liberal. I'm not. Um, I'm not closed-minded. I'm not. You know, not an A&M fan, you know. <laughs> Whatever it is, like that tends to be a lot of what we're almost afraid to put a flag in the, you know, plant a flag and say this is this is who I am, and that's an identity crisis. Um, so that's the downside of tolerance. That it forces you to not have identity. Of tolerant? Uh, if I'm accepting of everybody. Whose definition of tolerance? 
Right. If, if I'm accepting of everything, then I have no definition. Yes, okay, so culture's definition of tolerance, right? Yeah, okay. So I think the, the real definition of tolerance is being able to hold on to what I believe, yeah, and engage, uh, engage with people who believe differently. So, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> um, I was going to say something before you said that, Chris. It wasn't, it wasn't important. So, so yeah, I mean, all these, all these questions are, are, are inter, you know, interdependent. And um, you know, if I don't know who I am, I have a hard time answering the question of what I should do. And if I don't really have that question answered, I'm having a hard time figuring out where I should go or, or wh- where this is going towards. Um, the last principle for us is Scripture. Um, and we, we said that um, this was sort of asking, is there truth and can it be found? And, and the beauty of this is, you know, obviously for the Christian, this answers all of these questions. And <clears throat> so, you know, but what this also means is, you know, this is, you know, un- the way we view Scripture is not the way that non-Christians, for sure, or people who are less... You know who care who care less about scripture interpret scripture, and so there has to be some some um, you know some some type of not want to say creativity, but definitely intentional thought about how we bring about the messages here, which are all talking about these things, and hit these major universal questions. Um, that's what you want to be doing. So we'll go back to that. Um, go back to this chart here. We'll just get practical real quick. So when we said, like, maybe you're thinking about doing a house Bible study uh, in your neighborhood or at, at the office, or maybe we just maybe you kind of come to the elders and you're like, well, I want to do a Bible study in this church that's trying to re- you know, reach this group of people over here. And by this group of people, um, maybe we mean, you know, unchurched and unchristian down here in the bottom left corner. Um, this just helps guide your, like, here's what I want to teach. Here's where, because here, here's where Jesus shines the brightest. Um, but here are the questions I might lead with my study. We're just going to get around the table and talk about who am I? What should I do? Where should I be going? Or where are we going in all this? And is there truth? And, you know, since it's a Bible study, we're going to look at how Christianity addresses these questions. And believe it or not, that's a very friendly Bible study. I think that's something that most people will be surprised that non-Christians are open to hearing what does Christianity really say about this? And maybe you, maybe your bend is like, I want to kind of deconstruct all these bad ideas of what you think Christianity is about, and I really want to, want to open up Scripture with you. I want, to, want you to see what it's what it's really about, um, and that it really does have answers to some of life's most basic questions in ways that you've never really probably cared to hear. Um, so there you go. There's your there's your summer summer Bible study done. <laughs> go do that. Um, so, anyways, any any questions about this? Um, I think that's all I want to say about it at this point. How would you, I think, uh, in each of those things, for instance, who am I? Uh, I, I guess we have to richly, it's important, of course, to richly define each one because who am I has to do with creation. Mm-hmm. I'm in the image of God. My work has meaning because I'm in the image of God. 
so they're all, it's just a rich, wide view of each one of them instead of maybe what we tend to think was just the narrow thing of justification or the narrow thing of sanctification in a personal way, you know, but it's broadly defined sanctification that in, involves all of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, How do we make these things that are, indep- that are totally dependent, independent? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, so I mean, like, justification, um, this is the topics of faith and repentance, and so much, so is sanctification, adoption, union with Christ. I mean, it's every, it's everything, as <laughs> it refers to uh, salvation. Um, one of the things I, I thought you might have been asking, but um, just in case somebody else is, you know, here's, here's what I would say to y'all in this room, by virtue of being in Sunday school this morning, and I've had the privilege of talking to the most of you, so I can kind of e- even have this statement weigh heavier, is that every single one of you all, you, you know enough right now to teach somebody who's never heard of the word justification about justification. And I think this is where we get hung up. I've got to digest all of Luther's works and Calvin's works, and I've got to get my, my, at, least, at least Burkhoff read, um, you know, and the fact that you know who that is, I, I, I'm making my point here. You know enough about justification, about how we are made right with God to teach somebody about this, which means my point is, is, is obviously there's, there's arenas that you're going to get into that, that you maybe don't need to get into and maybe don't have any business getting into, right? Let's know our limits. But if we're just bringing people to the answers of those questions and basically bringing Jesus to people, that's what you want to be doing. Um, there, there's always a limit to what anybody knows. And, and if I'm trying to get all the answers before I line up and talk to people about this, um, then, um, then I'm never going to do anything because <laughs> ha- I'm never going to be able to get all the answers. And I, wanna, I want that to be encouraging to you that you, it, you know, part, of, part of what I mean by that is this goes into a million directions. Just pick one and start there. Um, pick a biblical text that talks about justification. Um, or, you know, I, John uh, 14, 6, uh, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. All right? We, we could sit there and we could talk about justification from that. Um, there are other texts that, are, that, that maybe even shine brighter than that. But you have a text that you can begin with to just start allowing the Scripture into people's lives, allowing Jesus to shine bright through that topic to talk about He's the one that's come to make us right. He's the one that's come to create a way to God himself. Yes? Context of those Bible studies that we find ourselves in. 
conversations that we find ourselves in the church. Talking. Oh, um, no, no, I'm no. I mean, like, like that you could be going too far, maybe. And I would say the only caution would be is, is if the point of that book table out there is just for you to just continue to fill up and add to your library and make you more knowledgeable personally, and there isn't any kind of exchange with that, I would say that would be something I would be concerned about. If that's what you're asking. I mean, there, there's a, there, there can be a concern of just us constantly getting together to sort of go through the next cool or new theological topic, which is not a problem. But if that's all that we're doing, and I don't know if that's what, that's kind of what I hear you saying, maybe. Yeah, okay. But I can see there being dangers in us thinking that this is only to evangelize the unchurched. No, yeah, yeah, okay, now I got you. Um, forget about what I just said. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think we ever leave this. Um, I, we don't. And there's no, there's no, like, graduation from this. There's no, um, all right, what's next? Um because whether it's, whether it's cognitive, the knowledge of that, that's one that you can kind of lock away. But your whole life displaying that in you know, 10,000 10, different places is going to be where that is really worked out. And, um, and then maybe for a while you have it, and then you lose a job. All right, how does justification anchor you? And where's your identity? Is it in your work or is it in Jesus? And we're, we're right back there. You know, and you're about to ready to walk off the cliff, and I'm like, wait a minute, you knew what justification was before this happened, and we got to call you, you know, that, th- this is where this happens, this is where this is played out. So we never leave these questions. Um, good. Is there another hand raised? Yeah, okay. I, I think, piggyback off that, I think we're all wanting these questions answered, and it can be in the broad context of kind of what's the meaning of life, but also as members of Fort Worth Press, you know, what, what is my purpose, where, where can my gifts be used in, in the context of this church and so the leaders painting this vision or you know, all of us thinking about these things um, and wanting these questions answered and that could be in the church in a, in a company uh, you know, whatever organization or context uh, where people are wanting to know how, how what is my purpose here Yeah, I don't think we can say enough either that just because people are coming to church, I, I mean, myself included. I mean, y'all, I have a degree in this stuff, and I, I, I fumble justification all the time. I mean, not when I'm talking to you and instructing and counseling you, no, but you know, just in my own mind, you know. No, I, I just, I think we need to humble ourselves a little bit and be like, no, nobody out here, hundred percent gets this stuff. Like we are constantly needing each other to really pull us in and say, let me remind you of where your identity is. Every Sunday afternoon when I preach is an identity crisis for me. My wife has to look at me and say, you have to believe what you preach. It's not about you. Get over yourself. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, and this is about Jesus, and, and there it is. That's justification. That is me not believing in justification. You're, you know, you're now new associate pastor. Um, it's looking, it's looking for the approval of, of y'all. It's looking for all these other places of, of approval and, and for my identity, and it's not resting in, in Jesus. So, yeah, we, we, we should never be a church. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, that just assumes that everybody out here um, gets this stuff. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, I, would, I think it's a, I would encourage y'all, like, start listening to the sermon this way. Um, you know, this morning, tell me, tell me which, which, which principle you hear loudest. Um, and I guarantee you that where, whoever's in that pulpit, um, you're going to hear one of four of these things, um, you know, um, an appeal to Scripture as authority, right? An appeal to where uh, our, our justification is found, uh, sanctification, glorification, and so on. All right. Oh, go ahead. I tend to think a lot of us could get a pretty good grade on the theology test, but we're blind to how we live our lives isn't really consistent with what we know is true. Mm -hmm. And that just takes help. I mean, it just, when I hear other people's stories and I realize, oh, yeah, I mean, I know. I I don't even see how I'm not living it all out. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. You don't see, but the last part was a little confusing. You don't see how you're living it all out. Well, how I'm not living it out. How, like you said, it helps when Ada reminds you. Yeah. I mean, you, you just need to, you need a, you need a spouse that is smart enough and capable enough <laughs> and you know really just able to ask those hard questions. Well. <laughs> Let's pray. We pray for her right now. That's what we need. <laughs> the last part. How do we know when we're? Well, it, it just helps. I might know my identities in Christ, and I don't even realize how my insecurities are working their ways out. And I need to apply that truth in my specific insecurities, my specific fears. I think I have a great segue for this. Like, where do we, where, do, where does this play out? How do I know? And I think there's a part of us in the church that, um, um, this can be a real um, blind spot because, but it, there, there's there's a grace involved too because now we're around people that believe what we believe, and so it's harder for each other to see our blind spots. This is the whole point of avenues. This is the whole point, and avenues are what? This is where we teach this stuff. So this is what I didn't get to last week. So now we're on new material. Everybody perk up, right? Um, we've got to figure out where to teach this, and, and we have three avenues. We have a large group setting, a small group setting, and then one-on-one are generally the three avenues that you see in Scripture. You see Jesus speaking to the crowd. You see Jesus um, talking to his disciples. You see Jesus uh, going, uh, going out or, or meeting, or people coming to meet with him one-on-one to talk about this stuff. And, and just specifically to Sue's question, um, you know, you couldn't have billboarded what our intention is for small groups. Um, the, the, the goal there is not so that we can continue to fill up knowledge, you know, cognitive information, but that we're getting to a place where we're sharing life a little bit so that we can begin to start, hey, here's something I see in your life. You know, that takes time. Um, or at least in the way that we do small groups, you know, maybe 
maybe you're you're developing relationships on with with, with some of the people in there that, that that you're connecting with more, and you're like, hey, let's go get coffee and let's really talk about what we see in each other's lives. Are you willing to do that with me? So some of this is this is the church really using what the church is offering to to, to diagnose what's going on in our lives and. I mean, on one hand, we could say yes. On the other hand, we could say no, <laughs> uh, because that's scary. I don't want that. But um, I, w- I would just say this is, this is the, the beauty of the avenues. And then when something really kind of gets messy, um, then you call Darwin, and you, you go meet with him. And, and that, I mean, that's how we're set up. Um, you know, this large group setting, which would be essentially what we're about to do in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, um, this is what's kind of where all this plays, all this, yes, Steve. Following on that, I found that we overestimate the knowledge of something with really understanding it. And, and I think I found in my life and in, in everyone's life, the furnace of affliction is the place where we actually know it, where we actually learn it. Like in Psalm 119, I think it's around 65 to 72, three times it talks about, um, now I know your word because of my affliction, you know, and it's, there's this place where, where life itself brings to bear and applies it. So it's not just a geometry lesson when we're learning theology, but when, we act, when it actually lives out, when we lose our job and are looking for work, is when is when all of these things that we thought we knew come to play mm-hmm. in in relational difficulties, so on and so forth. So that's this is this is just to piggyback off that. This is why, like, if I go back to my college ministry days, ninety percent of ministry is talking about relationships, your boyfriend or girlfriend breaking up with you, and and that tends to get a little bit of well, that's you know that's what you do in college, but you know when you get to church, it's where real ministry happens. Um, and I would just say, it's, it's not so much the, the, and we all know this, right? It's not so much like the experience that, that makes real ministry happen. It's like the girlfriend or the boyfriend we're getting broken up with, what's happening there? Their life is falling apart. And we would say, no, your life's not falling apart. But to them, their life is falling apart. And that's where they're hearing, that's where they're finally hearing this stuff. Um, and, and, you know, as we get older, our problems just get bigger and, and messier and weightier. But it's still the same thing. Just to use a more sim- simple example um, with that, that's good. So um, the last thing I want to say about avenues, you know, and we're, you know, I think we're, I think we're learning that as a church we need to do a really good job of of uh, you know being intentional about here's here's how we want people members especially to use the church. Here's how we're thinking about this church being used. You know, we don't want Somebody standing up in worship, raising their hand, talking about some type of besetting sin in their life that um, that they just can't get over. Uh, that would probably be a little strange for most of us in this room, because the context for that would probably be better maybe here or here, right? Um, at the same time, you know, on Sundays uh, it would be wrong if one of your small group members came in with some bread and wine and said, "Hey, we're going to serve the supper." Just as our little group, that'd be great. That is the <laughs> that's a corporate worship issue. Um, there are places for these things, and it's important to um, to have those well labeled and arrows pointing. Um, one last little avenue that's kind of in the small group arena that we talked about are the side doors, and I think we had a, a lot of fun thinking about those. 
but I just want to, again, remind you all about the side doors. Side doors are places where, um, you know, if we're thinking about inviting friends to church or um, whether it's Christian or non-Christian or uh, whatever, a side door is something that makes it easier for them to come in and um, kind of feel out the area a little bit uh, where the larger worship setting might be a little too much. Um, I think we always have to be aware that what we do here in the worship service is weird to somebody outside the worship service, even somebody outside of Christianity. I mean, you pull a Christian from, a, you know, 10 churches a stone's throw away from here, and they come in here and, like, what's this liturgy? You know, um, you know where's the fogger? You know, but, like that's, like, that's what I mean. Like, even that is different for us. In the same way that if we went there, it would be different for us. Like, even, even in our own... Christianity, there's differences, but you take somebody who's not a Christian and you know, this stuff is just weird and we got to remember that. It's wonderful. We live off of it, but it's weird. And so the side door says, okay, I don't want to, maybe that's too much. So let's, let's come in here. But I, I really think the side door, I want to, I want to harp on this a little bit, says this, we, we buy into community before we buy into the beliefs of that community. And I think that's something we have to really um, hold on to. Yes, we buy into community before we buy into the beliefs of that community. Uh, we'd like to think it's the other way around, but it's not. We'd like to think that we would just sort of have people sitting at their home um, with maybe the Westminster Confession over here and the, the Book of Church Order over here as well, and they're reading it, and they're like, you know what, I like this, I agree with this, now let me go jump in the Fort Worth Prez. Like, we don't function like that. We don't operate like that. What happens? We come in here, we look around the room, are these, is there anybody in here that I feel like I can you know, do life with or be friends with? And if we say yes to that, we stay. And then we kind of start thinking about, well, what do y'all believe? <laughs> you know, what, is it, what, are, what are the beliefs of this community? And then if that, if that begins to resonate, we'll stay here a bit longer. Um, that's what we mean. And you can think about this outside the church as well. Um, we, we buy into the community that we're with before we buy into the beliefs of that community. And side doors are a way that say, I, I believe that's true, and I want to try to get you connected to the community so that you can listen to the beliefs of the community. Um, and sometimes that community is easier to, to get into over beer or you know, game night or something very you know, less threatening. We can't, I can't even talk to you in worship, by the way, um, because I'm worshiping. Um, so, is that good? Um, I'll also give this model to, um, well, you're getting all kinds of free stuff today. <clears throat> um, along the lines of community and the beliefs of the community, um, I think this, I, I want, want you all to have this picture in mind. Maybe we'll talk more about this next week, to, or yeah, next week when we finish. But we are always trying to be a people... Um, where our, our um, this is going to be wordy, our mission is communal. This is another way of saying what I just said. Meaning, all of our mission in life is to find community. So our mission is communal. We're, we're looking for people to live life with. We're looking for people who believe what we believe. We're looking for people to go have dinner with. I mean, we, everything about your life is communal. If you were to be, if you were to go and leave and go to another place, You'd hear you 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 start thinking about we got to get plugged in somewhere. You know we start using those phrases. Uh, where what, who are my friends? Who do I need to meet? Like where am I going to start finding community? And the church offers that. 
right? It's ready-made community for you. It's right there, okay? And what happens is, oftentimes either in, you know, um, college is easy to talk about this, but let's just go back. If we're moving to a new place, uh, some of those basic needs are not there and everything's foreign and we're just, it's, there's anxiety. And so we are just looking for that one friend. Lord, just bring me that one friend. Uh, and we find that one friend or family, whatever it is. And, oh man, this is great. Thank you, Jesus. And, and then life kind of starts to calm down a little bit. Our job gets a little more, you know, we start to get it. Um, you know, kids, wife, husband, whatever it is. Um, we're starting to really kind of grow roots and get adjusted here. Boy, life is great. Lord has really blessed us. And now we've got two friends and it's just awesome. Our mission is always communal when we do this, but here's the problem. And this is what every single one of you are now responsible for (laughs) is this is not the model of Christianity. It's not what Jesus does with his people. What does he didn't do? Sends them out, which means, which means your community then must become missional. And if, you're, if your community doesn't become missional at some point, either, you know, this, either your church dies on the vine, right? Or, I mean, I would say that it's a big part of your sanctification is, is, is missing. Um, where you're not, you're not growing <clears throat> in a way that only by going out and bringing people this great news in some shape or form, whether it's by word or deed, um, that is not shaping you as a Christian. So this picture, this picture has been so helpful for me as I think about my own life, I think about where, where are the areas, what, what, is, what is so hard for me, and where am I getting caught up? A lot of times it's, I've, I've gotten to the party, and I'm, I'm, I've got some anxiety, and I see my friend, the only person I know in the room, and I go right to that person, and I don't leave. And what Jesus is always telling me to do is, trust me, this is who you are, and get out there and go find some people to bring into this wonderful community. Right? That's exciting. So, our mission is always communal. We're always going about finding community, developing that community, making that community strong and rich. But it cannot stop there. We have to be a, com- a community that's missional. We have to be going out. Um, and, and, and that looks like a, a bunch of different things to all of us. But we've got to be thinking that way as well. Okay, so this will be a great way. We've got five minutes to <laughs> uh, just highlight the fruit. And um, you know what? Can I trust you all to bring this paper back next week? We'll just do that next week. Um, we had some good discussion here. And then I'll give you your last handout. Um, so that, that, that's the smart thing to do. We have five minutes for questions. Yes. So I, did, I missed the first class, so maybe you covered this. Oh, um, yeah, I would say that this applies to, I mean, if you're going to do ministry in the church, that's kind of the teaching ministry you're talking about, I would say it applies to your work, it applies to your family, it applies everywhere. So, I want to, I don't know, I, I want to uh, help all the poor people 
Okay. Coach for school or whatever. So it applies there as well. Oh yeah, so. absolutely, hundred percent. And we could we could walk down that road next week with the the overview, the handout that I'm going to give you. But we're going to talk about the presuppositions before we do that. Like we're going to we're going to filter those through that specific ministry. We're going to talk about what we're going to teach those people. We're going to talk about what the fruit is for those. What, what do you want to see happen? Um, so it, it's it's through everything. Uh, great question. <clears throat> Anything else? So uh, just coming back to Darwin, Darwin, you, gotta, you can't interject unless you're going to do homework yourself. So you said the rich tapestry of Scripture that each of these words leads us into. I got that on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to avoid me having to go to the internet, maybe maybe you or Ryan could provide us later some highlight scriptures from that rich tapestry of each of these texts. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we can look them up ourselves, but since y'all are smarter... Why do that? Why do that? Then that way, when we are in, the, in this ministry with these people that come up to us, yeah. ask us about heaven and well, we could do that. But, you know, I really think the description needs to be personal to you, Nick. It really needs to be something that you have have soaked on, saturated in. the audience of our sparring. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And I think you'll notice, like, a lot of the books on the book table that are geared towards the, um, you know, this type of topic or this type of ministry, you'll find, you'll find their anchor texts in there. You'll start kind of seeing, you know, this is what they're hanging there their justification question on or their, um, that kind of thing. But I'm happy to do that. And, um, I mean, have, have a lot of that here, just kind of getting the, the scales down, if you will. So the, what's sobering about this is, uh, in your last, your last diagram, the error that comes back out, uh, involves quite a bit of time and sacrifice. And, Hard enough to get connected to the to get connected with the community. The thought that you would mm-hmm. devote yourself to sort of going out of that uh, raises the immediate objection of well, I'm just too busy and don't have enough time. So, which I know is not a good good answer. So, what you're proposing is strikingly countercultural in how we spend our time and use an old term, the boundaries that we keep in our lives. And it seems overwhelming to begin to think about how in a culture that we probably are influenced by this moment-based culture, we begin to um, simplify our life or slow it down. Um, I mean, it, I don't, what you're proposing in itself is a countercultural way of, of living that is so far away from at least what feels like most of us living very, very let me. Um, no, let, let me. Um, let me. Let me speak to that really quickly. This is another. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. This needs to be added to this whole philosophy of ministry class. Um, we are always in three seasons. One of three seasons of ministry, um, as as we can kind of glean from what Scripture presents. There's a there's a tilling season. There's a seeding season, and there's a, there's a harvest season. All right? We hear this, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead to hear people think that we've got to get, get busy, that we've got to be about all of this. 
We've got to get, we've got to start tilling that ground, getting that, getting that soil ready. We've got to start getting the word out, like the scripture word, getting the seed out there. And then we've got to start, if, 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 if we're really doing what we're supposed to be doing, we got to, we're, we're going to have harvest time here. We're going to start reaping some fruit. And what I would, what I would argue is, um, and you talk, you talk to anybody that's been in ministry a good deal of time, rare, rare, these, these are the glimpses of God's grace in your life. Do you get to see all three of these in once? I mean, like, relatively speaking, um, like you hang around the church, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see this long enough. But the, the idea that you're going um, you're gonna, to you're gonna kind of figure out whatever it is you want to be about as far as ministry is concerned, whatever you have time for, that you're going to get to see all of this in, in a matter of a semester or a year or, you know, is unlikely. I'm not being, not putting the Holy Spirit in a box. Certainly anything can happen. The reason why I say this is I think it's more helpful for us to think about, are, is, is my ministry a tilling ministry? <clears throat> Spain, Greece, if we remember those examples, that's a tilling ministry. Generations until harvest comes. The missionaries over there are like, my life is here for 20, 30 years just to get the soil, the ground tilled. <clears throat> because this is where we are. Somebody's going to come around and throw seed down. And they're throwing seed down too. But somebody else is going to come around and throw seed down, and that's going to be their job. Maybe that's your job. You know, there's this idea of ministry that you're always making it easier for the next person. Like, this is what that looks like. Sometimes we're here when somebody else has been doing this for years. You know, you get that one student that comes through and, and it converts. <clears throat> was that because of you? <laughs> or what was it because of all the work that was going on before that? Um, then there's harvest. And there's just these ministries, these people, and these experiences where it's like, Man, uh, we just had six people come to Christ. Where'd that come from? You know, and it's, it's this right here. And all of us are gifted in these areas specifically. And, you know, and this brings up another thing we need to add to this class is we need to really be about talking about spiritual gifts. Like, what, do you all even know what your spiritual gifts are? And that's not an insult. That's just like, I don't, we don't talk about that stuff enough. And that's not, that's not a, a, a Fort Worth issue. That's a, I think a PCA issue. Um, where do you, you know, how do you know yourself well enough to know where you want to be and where you should go? But I think more importantly, this helps, gives us a little bit of perspective. Like, you know, if we're going to go after this bottom left quadrant, <clears throat> unchurched, unchristian, this is probably what a lot of our ministry is going to look like. It's going to be years and years of you loving them well, preparing their heart for that one day when that seed gets dropped in there. By dropped in there, doesn't mean that you finally say it, it just means they finally hear it. And you may pass on or move Fort Worth, leave Fort Worth, and you get a call 15 years later. Hey, you remember me? I just want you to know that I became a Christian this last week. You've heard that before. That's what this is. That's what this is. And so I think as we begin to think about what our personal ministries look like, I don't want us to get in this over, you know, just sort of, we've got to be doing all of this at one time. Um, that is... That is not what we're, what we're, what we're saying, because um, that is overwhelming. We're just trying to be a church that says, where, where in Fort Worth are we needed? And you know, as a body, we're just all picking up a tool and just tilling ground somewhere. And would that be enough for us? You know, that's something we've got to talk about. But I hope that's helpful, too. Um, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your ministry, and we thank you for how you include us in that. Um, and we pray that as we look at um, how you ultimately bring people to yourself, 
um, that you would give us the wisdom and the sermon uh, to know um, how we are involved in that. And that you would give us um, joy and excitement <clears throat> to be uh, tillers, for some to be seeders, uh, to be givers of the word, and for those others to be harvesters. Um, and that uh, we, through, that, through that excitement and through that joy, we would come to know how you have gifted us to be a part of your church in this way. Um, and that Fort Worth Prez, as just one body, uh, would, would just blossom in so many different ways throughout this community uh, because of that. Um, we pray that you would receive that glory, and we pray that you go with us now as we head into your sanctuary. We ask this all in your Son's name. Amen. All right, bring that sheet back next week. We'll do the fruits, and then we'll have our review. <clears throat>